0: Wednesday night, we're going to be participating in the Florida district camp meeting online. We're going to be showing it live and it will be another speaker beside brother Rashidi Collins. What didn't he preach on that Friday night? Wow. It was an awesome message, but you can catch his message again online, but it'll be Thursday night if I understand the lineup correctly, but either way, We'll be here at 6.30 on Wednesday, and you can also connect online on the Thursday night and the Friday night at home and watch the two other camp meeting services. They're only doing the night sessions, and that was all that they are doing for this year because of the COVID-19 pandemic. So uh, we're going to have a great time here Wednesday night. Tuesday night, I'm looking forward to Call to War. And and how many of you want to come together and pray and seek the Lord and call upon the name of Jesus? I think it'll be wonderful and we'll have a great time. If you have your Bibles, I'd like for you to look with me to Luke 15, verse 20, the story of the prodigal son whose heart cannot be touched by such a magnificent story. And it has so much meaning that the more you study it, the more you learn about it, the more God speaks to your heart concerning it. And so I want to highlight a particular portion of the story for your consideration tonight. But I'd like to read to you this story. And he arose and came to his father. when he was yet A great way off his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him and the son said unto him father I have sinned against heaven and in thy sight and am no more worthy to be called thy son but the father said to his servants bring forth the best robe put it on him put a ring on his hand shoes on his feet and bring hither the fatted calf and kill it and let us eat and be merry. For this is my son, was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And they began to be merry. But now this elder son was in the field, and as he came and drew nigh to the house, he heard music and dancing, and he called one of the servants and said, "What in the world is going on?" Well, that's not in the text, and asked what these things meant. And he said unto him, Thy brother is come, and thy father hath killed the fatted calf, because he hath received him safe and sound. And he was angry and would not go in, and therefore his father came out and entreated him, and he answering said to his father, Lo, these many years do I serve thee, neither transgress I at any time thy commandment, and yet thou never gavest me a kid, and that I might make merry with my friends. But as soon as this thy son was come, which hath devoured thy living with harlots, thou hast killed for him the fatted calf. And he said unto him, Son, thou art ever with me. Now listen to this. Now this is a powerful statement because this isn't me telling you this. This isn't some preacher trying to hype you up telling you this. This is the father saying this. And he's speaking and he's not playing. He's not playing with his inheritance or his legacy. He means business and he declares to this brother, all that I have is thine. To me, that is magnificent. Now now listen, Pentecostal. Tonight at First Pentecostal Church on this Sunday night. And I say it to you as if I were the Father speaking to you. All that He has is yours. All that He has is yours. Now, you need to get that in your spirit. You need to see that. Because some of you see God blessing others, and you feel like it lessens your inheritance. That is not true. Because you need a new revelation of what you have in Jesus Christ. Because he said, thou art ever with me. I mean, there was no doubt that the father wanted this boy with him continually and all that I have is thine, but it was meat. You see, you need to find out what's in the heart of the father that we should make merry and be glad for this thy brother was dead and is alive again and was lost and is found. And somebody needs to rejoice in that truth right there. My text, all that he has is thine. All that he has is thine. And I want you to lift your hands and receive that inheritance in the wonderful name of Jesus. And I want you to let it sink into your spirit and shape and mold your philosophy to allow God permission to do exactly what he wants to do in mercy. For anyone who would walk through our doors that needs God can receive from the Lord exactly what they need because you have this faith and confidence that all that he has is yours. In Jesus' name I pray and I speak this upon these people in this house tonight. In Jesus' name. But before you're seated, I want you to put your Bibles down. And your iPhones and all of that jazz, and I want you to clap your hands under the Lord like you mean (laughs) it. So take that to your seat right now. And I want you to have that in confidence in your spirit because you need to get this principle. You need to get it in your heart. And it's summed up with one sentence. All that he has is thine. Now, the elder brother knew who he was because he knew who his father was and he knew who his brother was. But he did not know what he had. He had no idea the value of what he possessed. And all that he was working out in that field, that field was his. Everything in that field was his. (laughs) Everything that the father had in the stalls was his. Everything that the father had in the house was his. Everything was his, and he did not know it. Now, some of you might know you're saved and you might know that you're on your way to heaven, but you have no idea what you have in the Holy Ghost. You have no idea what you have in Jesus' name, baptism. You think you just went down in the water and all your sins are washed away and that's a great thing and I shout over that and I know that you do as well. But you now have the the name of Jesus on your life that you can use with authority against every enemy and force of darkness that would come against you. If if this church right here could just wake up to what you've got in Jesus Christ, there's no devil in hell that could stop you. No matter what they said or did, you would have authority to rise above it and not use anything as an excuse, but take authority over it. My, my, my. But here's what happens in Psalms chapter 1. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. Now, notice this scornfulness, because this is what blocks people and keeps them from what they possess in Christ. Scornful means to treat with contempt. It means to disdain. The root word means dirt or mud or mire. And it also means full of debris and contamination. And blessed is the man who does not allow scorn in his life. If you sit in the seat of the scornful, it's to be contaminated with this scorn. It's sad when this occurs in people's life, and it's especially sad when everybody around you knows you are, but you. Wow. When everybody around you listens to you and we know you are, but you don't. And that's a sad day because... There's a time when you become vulnerable and it becomes evident and you don't realize just exactly what has happened in your life. And so we're not going to focus on the prodigal son and that's a tremendous story all in itself because it's encouraging, it's instructive. uh, This young man left home. He was very angry. He comes back for a period of time with a repentant heart. He's received back into the household. The father forgives. He puts a cloak on him and a a ring and then kills the fatted calf and causes a celebration. But here the elder brother, not realizing what he possesses in Christ, sits in the seat of the scornful and it blocks the entire value of his whole possession. He has no access to it even though it's all his. Man this is blowing my mind because I'm watching Pentecostal people sit in the seat of the scornful and they can't access what they have. The Holy Ghost is all around them they can't even perceive it's in the house. Spirit of the Lord moving all around them and they can't even determine whether or not it's here. Because if God starts blessing somebody they don't like, immediately, it's like King Saul, when he saw that David was anointed, it caused a resentful spirit to rise up in his heart because he knew that he had been been rejected by the Lord. And David was blessed of the Lord with that powerful anointing. And lots of people miss their blessing because they don't want somebody else to have theirs. And that is a shame in apostolic ranks that we would ever allow the blessing to stop because I don't want it to get on anybody but the right people. You can't do that with God. God won't let you. He'll let you work in the field till your teeth falls out. But he will not bless you Because you won't let anybody else get blessed. This brother is not going to work in the field all day and then come home and eat corn shucks. I'm going to have the fatty calf, bro. Hallelujah. Now you can do what you want to. But this brother's going for the T-bone. Hallelujah. Come on. I want God's best but I've got to allow God to be good to people who don't deserve it so I can release it. Whoa, hallelujah. In in my life, uh, I've got it by inheritance. I've got it by the fact that I serve the king and I am a son of God. Beloved, now are we the sons of God, and it doth not yet appear what we shall be. Listen, church, you are not a son of God tomorrow. You are not a son of God when you qualify. You are not a son of God when the committee says you're a son of God. You are a son of God because you have a daddy. I've got a father, and I know who he is. And because of my father, and because of relationship, I have possession of all things. I'll tell you what, I can run on that right there. And I'm not just saying me, but every last one of you in this house that'll stand up and claim it, you've got it all. You don't have some of it. You have all of it. Church, we have access to every miracle that's in this Bible. We have access to every healing that's in this Bible. We have access to every blessing that's in this Bible. But why is it? That people get it in their mind that if they minimize somebody else, it maximizes them. That when somebody else is destroyed, it makes them bigger. We're not in the kingdom of God to bring others down and to wish others would be down or to rejoice when others are not down. Well, they had that coming. Well, if we all got what we had coming, we're here to bring ourselves up and to do our best to bring everybody else up with us. Anything else is the seed of the scornful. And it's to continually embrace cynicism. And I know we're living in a cynical world, and I hate it. I know some of you listen to the news too much. I can tell it in your spirit. When you come into church, you're aggravated and frustrated. And I can understand your frustration because I was talking with Brother Ralph today and we don't know what's going to happen in our world. We don't know what's going to happen around the world. We don't know what God is doing in our midst. But I do know this. I know what I've got. I may not know God's prophetic time wheel on everything from Revelation here and Revelation there, but I promise you one thing. I do know what we have in the covenant through our inheritance in Jesus Christ. And I know what's blocking it. We can't allow cynicism to get a hold of us. And somehow, whatever it is in human nature, it ought not to be named among the children of the most high God that those who sit in the seat of the scornful are empty people. They're frustrated people. It is a rule that when houses or buildings are left empty, they go down, they deteriorate. It's because it's important that your life is not left empty. Jesus stressed the importance to make sure you fill it up with the right spirit, lest seven worse devils come and inhabit that place. So you got to keep moving. Don't stop. That means if you can't run, walk. If you can't walk, Crawl. If you can't crawl, shake a leg. I'm not being facetious and I'm not just trying to make you laugh. It's important that I get you to move. To do nothing is to be destructive all by itself. And when we're saying that we can't do it because we don't have the power, you're saying you don't have access to what the Bible says you have access to. To remain inactive, it'll sap your strength. It produces weakness. It'll bleed your spirit. It'll cause your joy to leave. It'll produce unconcern. It's dangerous to do nothing. Amen. It's important to know and understand that the people of faith must not sit down. They must do something. That's the reason why everything the devil does is to get you discouraged so you'll quit this, quit that. Quit doing the other. I'm tired of doing it. I've tried this. I'm burnt out. I can't go anymore. I mean, I'm talking to 20-year-olds that are burnt out. How in the world can you be burnt out and you're only 20? Man, I'd give my right arm to be 20 again. With what I know, I would be dangerous. Woo, hallelujah. Oh, you can't be burned out. You need to get up and do something. You have access to the greatest power you have access to creative power. This God that lives in you is not a God on the shelf. He's not a wooden idol. He's not a stone idol. He's not an idol of iron or money or power. He is a God who created the heavens and the earth and he saved you out of a sinful world and filled you with the Holy Ghost. You ought to come out of that pew and say I'm not stopping until I get over there. There ain't no devil going to get in my way. I know that what I have say well I'm waiting on God I'm waiting on God we sing songs about waiting on God and I don't mind waiting on God in the scriptural sense but in the way you're meaning it I I don't think it's a good thing Because you're waiting for God to do something for you and God's waiting on you to do what you're supposed to do. Now the scriptural sense, yes, I do know. But you see, God can't bless nothing. He needs something to bless and you better get up and do something even if it's five loaves, even if it's four lepers who can't resist and fight the entire Syrian army. But it doesn't matter if you got God on your side. But if they would have stayed on the mountainside, they would have never been used in the process and they would have never eaten and been filled. But when they stepped out, God stepped up. I wish somebody would step out and say, I'm a child of the king. I'm blood-bought. I wish somebody would step out, take a chance. Well, I might get disappointed, so I'll go home and suck my thumb. We all might get disappointed, but I'm telling you, I'd rather do something than sit around here and die. He said, we're going to die anyhow. We might as well try something. We got to do something, Brother Gomez. I can't just sit around here with my teeth in my mouth. I got to do something. I got to shake a leg. Amen. Amen. So, the Bible says they that wait upon the Lord are active. They renew their strength. They mount up with wings as eagles. They run. They walk. So, waiting on God doesn't mean passively waiting. It means walk. It means run. It means crawl. It means do something. As if you are waiting on Him as a servant waits upon his master. So, I'm going to mount up. I'm going to run. I'm going to walk. If he provides the eagle, and I'm not going to run. If I got an eagle to ride, I'm riding the eagle. Y'all can walk if you want to. Now, the eagle may not come. But, I'm, you know, if I'm, gonna, if I'm going to fly one of those puddle jumpers or a 747, I'm taking the 747. You go in the puddle jumper. If you want Brother Chris Durant to fly you around in one of those single engines, I want one of them that's got them four. I want one that goes supersonic. Because it don't scare me. They can turn that thing straight up as long as we can come back down the right way. I'm fine. Point the nose up. Get me there as fast as you can and as safe as you can. But I'm going to fly the fastest I can go. But if all I can do is walk, I'll walk. If I can run, I'll run. You need to take what God provides and quit fussing if somebody else is flying the eagle and you're having to walk. That's when you get in the seat of the scornful. Well, why are they flying the eagle? Well, I got to walk. And I don't understand that. They're running and I can't run because my legs hurt. But I can walk, but I don't want to walk because my leg hurts, but they can run and I just don't think it's very good. Well, no wonder you can't get access to what you possess because that attitude will kill you. I mean, you see, I don't care. If if God's in it, I'll do this. Praise God. Get up out of my way. I got to have a blessing. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I, I'll whoop Gomez. I, he ain't got nothing. I'll take him down. I'm going to go after it. Why? Because I've got to have a move of the spirit. I'm going to at least access and find out who I am. It's all this mealy mouth, Pentecostal stuff. Well, I'm down and I'm hurt and I'm weak and I can't do this. Where are we? What? Who? Who saved you? Do you have the real thing? I may not, I may go down, but I'm gonna go down swinging. Come on, somebody just act like you got something. Just that devil, you ain't taking my joy. You ain't getting my praise. You're not getting my worship. Walk, run, fly, do something. The kingdom of God suffereth violence, uh, and the violent taketh by force. I have found that nothing happens in life to people that do nothing. People tell themselves they're waiting on God. But the Bible is always saying, go, expand, be spiritual, preach, instant in season and out of season. What about that? I don't feel it. I wonder if that trick would work here while I'm standing on the platform. It's my turn to preach and say, I don't feel it. (laughs) I mean, now, I understand if God's telling you don't preach, do something else, then you follow God. Yes, I get that. But that's following God. That's not following my whatever. See, I gotta be instant in season and out of season. That means I gotta preach when I don't feel it. When people call me in to pray on the, on the phone and they've got a real need, I don't always feel like praying for them. But it's instant in season and out of season. When, the, when somebody asks me to pray here, I don't always feel it, but yet I'm instant in season and out of season. Why? I do something. I'm going to pray. Say, so you didn't feel nothing, but I'm going to pray anyhow. Because while I pray, You see, I may not have felt it when I started, but when I start, all of a sudden I start feeling it. Something God says he's doing something. He's doing something. He's getting on up in here. I got to join the brother. I got to pray. I got to worship. I got to give. So I, whatever your hands finds to do, do it with all your heart. Some people say, I don't have the talent. They have it, but they won't use it. Some can sing, but won't sing. Some can teach, but won't teach. Some have help, but won't be faithful. Some have means, but won't give. Let somebody else do it. Let somebody else give. Let somebody else worship. Let somebody else pray. Let somebody else go to call to war. Somebody else will do it. There are always somebody else that will do it. Yeah, I'm going to do it, but you ought to join me. Let somebody else pray and magnify the Lord. No, I'm going to sing. Sorry. I'm going to sing. I know you wished I wouldn't, but I'm going to sing. Why? Because I'm going to worship. I'm going to pray. The Bible said, the righteous whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. God only blesses what somebody does. Whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. Not whatsoever he sitteth around and waiteth for God to doeth it for him. It says God only blesses what somebody does. Everybody says he's got to do something. God blesses what somebody does. If somebody does nothing, then there's nothing to bless. There's a propensity, I understand, to become bitter when you've been faithful and consistent and stable and steadfast and ignored. There's a propensity to become bitter whenever you have been helped and, and you have helped and you have helped and you get it thrown back in your face. So let's understand when you experience injustice, it's hard to be excited about that. And that's why the elder brother boycotted the celebration for his younger brother. The elder brother had remained faithful when the prodigal son was wasting his inheritance in his riotous living. I've been in church all of my life and I've been praying and people will come in. They'll get all excited about Jesus and they're wondering why everybody's not as excited as them. Well, while they were out honky-tonking, I was being faithful. While they were out running around, I was—I'm I'm faithful. You can get bitter over that. That means I remember whenever the, those hippies. Y'all remember the? How many of you been in the church long enough to remember all the hippies coming in? All them crazy hippies that came in our church, and they—I mean—they got the Holy Ghost by the dozens. Crazy looking people, long hair, ugly, smelly. And they, they wouldn't sit in the back. They always wanted to be up at the front, jumping around, screaming and hollering and shouting on amazing ground. Amazing. Wow! Ah! They thought it was amazing. I'm just singing a song. And I asked Brother Thornton, I said, well, why are you using them and not us? He said, because they love Jesus more than you do said, if you get excited, I might use you too. He was just being a smart aleck, but you understand what I'm saying. What he was saying had made sense. Now, you'd have gotten offended if I'd have said that to you, and you'd have had to go through six months of therapy to get over that statement. But the fact is, what he said was true. So I decided as a teenager, I'm talking about a 13-year-old kid, I'm going to praise God... Because I've never been to where they are, where God never had to bring me from that. So I ought to be shouting more because I got more to shout about. I wish somebody would shout over the fact that we got more. You got more than this world has. You All that he has is yours. I wish somebody would start asking for it. I mean, I can understand the elder brother's frustration. I mean, you got to be able to understand how he felt. And I could realize, and, and you can really see how these feelings could overwhelm somebody. And put you in the seat of the scornful. But that's what blocks your blessing. So I want a deliverance. But this attitude blocks your blessing. You can't access it. You can talk in tongues. And still not access the benefit. Of what you possess in the Holy Ghost. You see bitter people don't get better. Until they get cleaned out. We need something to happen. To get all the scorn out of our spirit. And it doesn't make any difference what you do. You can't make those people happy. I mean, I I realize that, and I'd like to make you happy because I want you to have the garment of praise and not the spirit of heaviness. But I have found out that there is no way I can make you happy. There is nothing that I can say that will make you happy. I could give you a million dollars and you would say it wasn't enough. Well, you could try it, Brother Kinsey. I'll I'll take it. (laughs) I promise you, you'll still be just as bitter. You'll just be a bitter millionaire. And would you pay your tithes? No, because then you would only have 900,000 and you couldn't say you were a millionaire. I'll just pay tithes on the interest and then when the interest comes in, you won't pay tithes on that. Because if you're bitter, you won't give no matter what God does for you. It blocks everything. man, I just can't get there. I will not get and sit in that seat of the scornful because I believe that I've got a communion with God. Now, here's, how, here's what you gotta do to clear that spirit out of you. It, it tells you in Psalms one, look at it. His delight is in the law of the Lord. If you don't love the word and what the word says more than what everybody else says, you will never ever be able to change that kind of thinking. Because I'm going to tell you where my thinking comes from. It comes from Hebrews 4.12. That there is a sharper sword than the sword of the enemy. It's got two edges on it. And it divides asunder the thoughts and the intents of the heart. And it's the word. Now, I love my mama, but it's not what my mama says. It's not what my daddy says. It's what my father in heaven says. Do you realize how powerful that is? Because some of you didn't have good experiences with your mother or your father, and yet God still has a word for you. And if I can get you to meditate on it, if I can get you to pray it, if I can get you to speak it, I am a son of God. I am a child of the king. I am bought with a price. I am washed in the blood. I am newborn. I am born again. I'm on my road to heaven. I have access to his power. I have access to his glory. I can speak his word. And God will do it. I believe God will do it for me. I wish every one of you would start becoming prayer warriors and pray for everybody you see and rebuke the devil and tell him, get your hands off of these people. And I rebuke the enemy and I speak healing into their life. Every one of you ought to be able to pray it. Get this word in your spirit. You know, people get upset and they get angry and because of that, they say a lot of things they don't mean. How many of you have done that yourself? Go on and admit it. You've said a lot of things that you shouldn't have said, and you said things about people that weren't true, but you were hurt, and you wanted to hurt them, so you you exaggerated. We won't say you lied. We'll say you exaggerated. I'm trying to make it easy for you tonight. I'm not trying to rebuke you. I'm just trying to show you how we are as human beings. That's just Humanity. That's just the way we are. But when you stay that way, you block everything. Everything you have is shut off. You can't stay that way. And the only thing that I know of that changes that in your spirit is the Word of God. That's the reason why I've tried to teach you and tell you to bless people. And I know it aggravates you. That's why I do it. (laughs) Because I just love aggravating you. Isn't that what Brother D.L. Welch said? He says I love to take an offering because it blesses the people of God and it aggravates the tightwads. Hallelujah! Isn't that what he said? Come on, it aggravates the tightwads. And so I just love aggravating people. It aggravates you. It breaks you out of your comfort zone. I don't want to bless them. Why do I have to bless? I ain't got no blessing. I'm mad. I don't like them anyway. Yeah, you need to bless them anyhow because you need to break out of this. If we could, if Pentecostalism and Pentecost as a whole, I've been all over the place, so I know what I'm talking about. I'm telling you that this is the spirit that is holding back our restoration of apostolic ministry. It offends God when we sit in the seat of the scornful just because we're in a bad mood and we think God needs to cower to it. Woo. Now, everybody else may cower to it, but God doesn't cower to it. He will shut your blessing off as sure as I'm standing in this pulpit. I refuse to let a bad mood stop me from reaching what God wants me to have. I say, God, bless every last one of these people. I don't care if they're the lousiest people in Pensacola. Bless every one of them because I want access to what I possess. Now, you're not, but I'm just exaggerating the point because I want you to have this. It's not that I want you to be shut off from it. I want to tell you about it so you can stop doing it. Huh? Huh? You say, well, how do you break out of it? Get this word in your spirit. Son, thou art ever with me, and all that I have is thine, but you never asked for it. If you had asked for it, I would have given it to you. I'd have given you a calf every day if that's what you wanted. Ha! You'd get gout, but that's all right. You see, God knows what you need when you don't know what you need. You were looking at what somebody else has and you don't realize that they got high blood pressure. They got gout. You don't have any of those things. You ought to be thankful for that. Don't get mad at people in the handicapped places. They can't walk. I can As a matter of fact, I find the furthest parking place away from the front I can get because it's exercise. Woo! I'm trying to lose weight and it's exercise. And I'm just walking and I'm looking at everybody kind of crippling around. At least I can walk, praise God. Take my parking place, you reprobate. I can walk, hallelujah. Come on, I've got it all. Come on, church, you've got everything. And one day, I said, one day, you're going to reach heaven. And when you cross over there, all your pain's going to be gone. God's going to wipe away every tear. There won't be any bitterness there. You'll have it all. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So, you've got to understand just how powerful this truth is. If you do, you recognize it and you start acting and operating in it. Everybody in this place right now could be healed. Woo, hallelujah. Everybody. That means you, Keisha. You said it was all right. So, Keisha. I'm going to speak healing on you right now. I'm sorry, girl. Pointing you out like this, but you said it was all right. So I speak healing. I declare that tumor gone in the name of Jesus. I speak healing on you right now. Now go on and sit in the seat of the scarf if you want to, but this preacher's going to go for all of it. We're going for every bit of it. Hallelujah. I speak against every depressed spirit right now in the name of Jesus. Stop being negative and depressed and rise up and realize who you are and what you've got. You need to turn to your neighbor and say rejoice in the Lord because he has blessed you with salvation and you get that frown off your face and you start shouting the victory right now in the name of Jesus. Just tell him. <laughs> tell him. You got it. Get out, get out of that seat. Get out of that turmoil. Get out of that spirit. Get out of it. And start speaking in the name of Jesus that God's going to work. Quit sitting in the seat of the scornful. The Bible says, whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. Now, the charismatic prosperity doctrine, I don't espouse to that. But the true doctrine of prosperity is, is very powerful. As a matter of fact, Adrian Rogers gave the best definition of biblical prosperity of any definition I have heard. And it is this, and I agree with this. Prosperity is the continual achieving of the will of God for one's life. That's it. Are you achieving? Are you achieving the will of God for your life? If you're not, you're not prospering. I don't care if you have one million, two million, or no million. But if you've got Jesus and you're achieving God's will for your life, no matter what you have or don't have, you have it all. You have the best. you got to perceive it that way. And that's what changed me is when I got this as a, as a kid. When I got this truth and I started operating in it, Everywhere I would go, I would operate in that authority. I've got it all. I didn't have nothing, but I acted like I had it all. Woo! And people would invite me for revivals, not because I had anything. I had nothing, but I had the attitude that I had it all. When I tell you, church, I didn't have nothing, I mean nothing. As in zero, zip, zilch. But I had him. And I thought that was everything. My God, church, it is. I, I have a little more than what I had back then. And I still think the same way. He's everything. Now turn to your neighbor right now. Don't touch him. If you're married to him, you can touch him. And say, You got it all if you got Jesus. He said, get out of that depression right now. Get out of that attitude right now. Quit standing around with your teeth and, you know, don't say that. Say, you need to start rejoicing right now in what you have. If God blesses my brother with millions, I'm going to be as happy about that as if God, I get the check in the mail. If all I get is your little $5 checks in the mail, that's good. But I'm still rejoicing because I've got it all. Oh, ever you are with me. Now here, woo, is a whole new dynamic, and this is my final point. And I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna use Mike, that Mike. I'm trying to remember your last name. Tell me, Sanders. I'm just teasing. You. Come on. I just wanted to know if you remembered it. See, this is what releases the fullness. This is what I discovered as a kid the fullness of what I had in Christ. Okay, you're the prodigal son. All right. See, whenever the father said, it is meat, that word is used in Colossians. When it is used in Colossians about your inheritance, it is used, you are made meat For your inheritance, that's the King James, but in the original, it's qualified for your inheritance. When I see him coming down the road, come on, prodigal. When I see him coming down the road, if I want to be meet M-E-E-T, qualified for my inheritance, whoa. I got to start acting like daddy. See, you don't need to act like the elder brother. You need to start acting like your daddy. Man, you're not supposed to be following me, dude. Don't you remember the story? I read it. Now wait. I'm preaching right now. Brother bothering me. That's all right. He's waiting on the porch, and then he sees him afar off. Now, you're still coming. Very slowly, please. (laughs) I can't move as fast as I used to. But he leaps from that porch. Now, I'm I'm exaggerating. I don't know whether he was on a porch or not. But let's just say he was. But he did see him afar off. He ran to him and fell on his neck. (laughs) Can do that. It's meat. M-E-E-T. M-E-E-T. Qualified. I guess I'm gonna just have to shout on this one. I am qualified for my inheritance and my anointing. I'm now qualified to access what I possess. When I realize that God's trying to get me to act like my daddy. Woo! I wish somebody would start rebuking cancer. I wish somebody would start rebuking depression. I wish somebody would start rebuking the spirit of immorality in our world and the lawlessness in our world. And COVID-19, you ought to rebuke that virus off this church, not just me. get there, it'll change you. It doesn't change the fact that you have a Holy Ghost or you're baptized in Jesus' name. You don't have to go get baptized again. You don't, I mean, you, you, we all get renewed in the Holy Ghost, but now you can possess what you have. Now you can start asking for the fatted calf. And the daddy said, oh sure, anytime, Bob. go out in there and get it. But he was waiting for his daddy to do it for him. And daddy was waiting for him to realize it was his to start with. Praise God. Woo! Somebody help me preach. Y'all getting t bone on a Sunday night and you act like you had a hamburger joint. Oh, I'm at the hair. I'm at Five Guys and you're at Longhorns getting fed fillet and you're oh, I just want to go to Fire Guys and get me a hamburger. Oh, fooey on that. I want it all. But I gotta act like daddy to get it. I can't act like anything else. So that's what daddy's trying to do. Now, I don't know how to do this but we just got to do something even if it's shake a leg. So if you're with your family, Brother Shirty, the anointing's on you to pray for people. I tell you, I can feel it. Mickey, come up here. I feel the anointing on you. I want you to, first of all, Mickey, if you would, I want you to pray for Doc. Doc needs a touch from God. He needs a physical touch. Doc, I speak to you in the Holy Ghost right now. You need to just let me minister to people without scorn for a while, for just a little bit because that's what's killing your possession. And you need to release it right now and get qualified. Yadab, that's it, doc, that receive it. The Holy Ghost is on you. Somebody start praising God. Jesus paid for that, not me. His blood paid for that, not me. Calvary paid for that, not me. I didn't pay for it. Calvary paid for it. The cross paid for it. If that spirit of depression has been trying to get a hold of you, and I know... It's just in the air. You don't even have to listen to CNN to get it. I don't even listen to those crazy people, but you you can feel it. I mean, it's in the air. It's a demonic presence. It's not even, you know, it's not about politics. It's about spirits of the enemy that operate in our world today. You know that, but how many of you have felt that spirit may not be on you, but you have felt it. You know, it's there. We're going to speak against it right now because the Lord has shown me if we speak against that depression, the COVID will lift off of our nation. That, that, the, the, the covering that's holding that virus on us is that spirit of negativity and depression that's being generated by the spirit of Antichrist. And we need to come against it in the name of Jesus. I know whatever God wants to do with it, he's got to do. I, I get that. You can't rebuke that off of people. But you can rebuke that depression right now. It don't have to be on me just because it's on the world. Amen. <laughs> Amen. I come against that depression right now. I say, rejoice in the Lord. I say, receive your healing. I say, receive it right now. Pray for Keisha, Betty, get into Kisha. Pray for that lady right there. Pray for her because I I feel we got to have a breakthrough. We need some miracles. We need some miracles. Brother Strobel, I want you and Brother Don Anderson to go pray for Mike Carter right there. I want you to lay hands on him in the name of Jesus. And I want you to pray in the name of Jesus that the Spirit of the Lord will come upon him and that God will re-energize his kidneys. Kaya Ramo Yasiya Ranga. Kaya Lalelelea. Kaya Ramo Yasiya Ranga. Go ahead. I claim victory over that spirit of depression. You're going to start realizing what you have right now. You're going to start believing in who you are and what you've got, and you're going to start operating in that authority right now. We're not looking down on anybody. We're gonna start acting like daddy. That's what accesses that. Act like your daddy and it's all yours. (laughs) Kaya rabaya ya sataba ya riyad. Kaya rabaya ya siya Kaya Rabba ya sataba halia ranama. By the authority of the name of Jesus and by the power of the blood of the Lamb, I speak healing and deliverance and revelation and knowledge and wisdom upon the people of God. Can I just do what I feel in the Holy Ghost right now? Sister Gomez, step out here. Erica Stokes, step out here. Ralph, step out here. I feel a spirit of soul winning on these people right now. I feel the spirit of soul winning all over them. I feel a soul winning spirit on them. God's wanting them to operate in a soul winning spirit. That's your mission. Rise up to it. Woo! Ha! Katama. If you're sick in your body, I want you to walk up here if you're sick in your body and, and, you can, and you feel comfortable enough coming up here and just kind of spread out across the front. If you're sick in your body and you messed up physically because I'm tired of our people being sick and that's not your fault so I'm not tired of you not tired of you saying you're sick, nothing like that. I'm just simply saying I don't want you to be sick. I hope you understand the difference. Because that is not meant to be anything other than a desire to see you completely, totally healed tonight. Completely and totally healed. And I don't want you to be bound by that any longer whatever's blocking it, I want you to let God speak it to you because there could be something blocking it. And it may be that that's just the will of God. I don't know. I don't know how to judge all of that. I'm not an expert in it. I just know this. I believe in the authority of the power to heal and it was purchased at Calvary. And I'm gonna stand on that truth right there that God wants to confirm his word with signs and wonders. And we're gonna believe that right now in the name of Jesus. That's just what I stand on. That's the word and the premise that I stand on. So I'm not asking for any other reason. I don't need any validation. But the word of God needs validation because the word of God is true. And those of you that have authority Brother Shirty, just go pray for these right here. Every one of them needs healing. Brother Shirty, Charlotte needs healing right here. Right here, Charlotte. She needs a special healing. Anthony, where are your girls at? y'all just lay hands on them right there. You can just lay hands on them right there. Any of you lay hands on them. anda My, 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 something is happening in this place right now. Something is breaking in this place right now. We need a breakthrough. All that I have is thine. We hope you enjoyed this message. Please reach out to us if you have any questions. We can be found at firstpint.org. That's F I R S T p-e-n-t dot org. If you're ever in Pensacola, Florida, we hope you visit us. Be blessed in Jesus' name.